There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. Certainly thankful for each of you listening. Thankful for those of you that have notified us that you've done school for the year. Thank the Lord for that. Certainly appreciate all of our homeschoolers that listen, folks using this for chapel, other family members, and we rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. We are in the great state of Maine, and uh, we've been here now for two days, and what we continue on, the meeting starts tonight, Lord willing, 7 o'clock, Agamogan Baptist Church of Sedgwick, Maine, and certainly looking forward to being with the folks there and what God will do. So please pray for those services. Pray that God will just have his way in everything that's done. We want to bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the most important thing that we'll deal with this week. We'll be there at the church on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and then 10 o'clock on Saturday morning and have a special service followed by a picnic lunch. If you're in the area or even close by, it'd be worth driving for. And so we certainly do thank the Lord for that. And then Sunday morning, we'll begin down at Seal Cove, the Tremont. And of course, uh, Tremont Baptist Church, Pastor Chuck Barnes, looking forward to what the Lord will do. We'll be there on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, each night at 630. And so I pray that you can join us if at all possible. But more than anything else, pray for the services. Pray for the upcoming Youth Week that's coming up towards the end of the month. And uh, we'll be in Black Creek, New York for Youth Week. There are some lodging uh, places available if you would like to come. We'd love to have you. Just contact Pastor John Asquith or myself. And I'd love to have you be a part of those services. And so pray for us up here in Maine. Pray that God will just have his way in everything that's done. And again, as we start these services, this round, this month of services up in New England, and then we'll culminate these services in Rhode Island, go back to Western New York, and we're just praying that God will move in a great and mighty way. We certainly need to see a stirring of God, like to see sinners converted. Uh, lives change through the preaching of the Word of God. It's not in our power, but it's in the power of Jesus Christ. We've talked about that in the podcast just a couple of days ago. It is the foolishness of preaching that pleases God to use that. Job 25, what probably will be a fairly short podcast today, then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, Dominion of fear with him, he maketh peace in his high places. Now, again, as we look at this, Bildad is speaking. He has an opposition to Job. He's not speaking the thing that the Lord concerning that which is right. But we see he makes this statement. I'm really going to focus on one verse in this passage. And it's going to be verse 6 for the most part. But then in verse 3, he says, Is there any number of his armies, and upon whom doth not his light arise? How then can man be justified with God, or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Well, the Lord told us that, and we talked about that in the Psalm 18 podcast many, many months ago, over a year ago. But we know that Jesus Christ was delivered by his own righteousness, by the cleanness of his hands. God delivered him. God brought him into a large place. God uh, brought him out of hell, brought his soul out of hell, delivered his soul from hell by the cleanness of his hands. Jesus Christ is clean. Jesus Christ was clean. He was the perfect Lamb of God. He was the sinless Savior. 
And therefore, can man be justified with God? How can he be clean that is born of a woman? Well, he has to be the son of God. That's how. And Jesus Christ was clean. Jesus Christ was holy. Jesus Christ was perfect. Jesus Christ was sinless. One of the great debates that men all the time come up with is, could Jesus Christ have sinned? I've had people tell me Jesus Christ could have sinned. He could not sin. He was God. He was the Holy One of God. It was not in him to sin. It was not possible that he could sin. Why? Because he was God made of flesh. And his humanity does not overthrow his deity. His humanity could not overthrow the fact that he was God. And when you go too far either way with his deity or his humanity, you get out of sorts with those things. But by, by that, what I mean is because he was God, he had control over his flesh. And he proved that to us. He was tempted at all points of the law as we are. And he's tempted us yet without sin. He never sinned. That is Jesus Christ, the righteous. That is the son of God. He is the lamb of God. And therefore, man can be clean that is born of a woman. But then the verse, first part of that verse is how then can man be justified with God? Well, the word of God tells us through the faith of Jesus Christ. That's how man can be justified. He can be just with God through faith in Christ, through faith of Christ. That's according to the book of Galatians, chapter 2, all through that chapter, verse 17, 18, 19, and 20. We can live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's God's promise, so we can be just with God. But it takes a miracle called the new birth. He must be born again. And therefore, the new birth must take place in your life or you're without Christ. And folks say, well, you know, I, don't, I think this happened or I think this happened. Or folks sometimes feel like they've magically translated. And yet the new birth is an absolute. You must be born again. You must be born of God. It's not the will of your flesh. It's not the will of man. No, it is of God. And you don't earn it. And therefore, there's nothing you can do to keep it, nothing you can do to do it, nothing you can do to translate it. There's nothing in your power to except to receive the new birth from Jesus Christ. And again, it goes without saying, but I'll mention it anyway. You cannot achieve that without repentance. When you're done with your way, done with your thinking, done with your actions, done with your life, done with when you are done with you and you come to repentance, your mind changed about the things of God, about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God miraculously gives you saving faith. There's those that contend with that. There's those that say he does not give saving faith. That's Calvinism. Yet it's by grace that you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? It's faith. What is that faith? We're justified by faith of Christ. And therefore, he gives saving faith to every repentant sinner. God just doesn't go around slapping saving faith on, on people or randomly choosing some to give faith or randomly choosing some to, to perish. No, he gives saving faith to all those that believe on him. It is imperative that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And to believe on him, we can't believe on him unless we repent. Nay, I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And these things, these lines are blurred, and there's men that use other words and doctrines. And one of the things I hear all the time is that repentance is a turning from sin. And I do contend with that because he says repentance is the process by which a man chooses to turn from sin, but repentance is not the turn. Repentance is that change of mind, change of thinking, that you repent, you turn to God from idols. Repentance will bring a turn, but it is not the turn. 
You say, well, that's that's all indifferent. No, it's not indifferent. What you have now is you have people that take that. They say repentance is the turn, and then it becomes a work of righteousness. And they say, oh, I'm turning from sin. I'm in the process of turning from sin. Or did I turn enough from sin? Did I turn far enough from sin? One man I heard preach, he said repentance is a 180-degree turn. And I thought, well, what if you turn 185 degrees? Are you, I mean, you're heading the wrong direction, you know? No, repentance is that change of mind. It's that change of your standing with God. When you've determined that God is right and you were wrong, everything in your life is going to change. Everything is going to follow that pattern. And when you realize that you sinned against God, your life is, is not what you think it is. Your ways are not what you think they are. Your reins are controlled by another. You're not a child of God. And when you come to that realization and you're done with your ways and done with your ideals and done with your philosophies, and you realize the true and living God, this God of the King James Bible, is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you're done with self, God will give you saving faith. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why we're justified by faith of Christ. Therefore, can a man be justified with God? Yes, he can. But it's a work of God. It's not his work. And people say, well, you're adding works to salvation. No. All you got to do is believe the Lord Jesus Christ. And the moment you believe him, people say, well, what about repentance? Well, you can't believe him until you repent. You can't hold on to your ways and say you believe God. You can't hold on to your ideals and say you believe God. You can't hold on to your practice of religion and say you believe God. No, it's God's way. That is the, the goal of repentance is you're done with you and you're taking God's way. You're accepting God's new birth. You're accepting God's son. Why? Because you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we go back and forth all day. Folks try to mix words, mince words. But my friend, without repentance, you'll perish. And my friend, repentance and belief go hand in hand. I love what an old preach, black preacher from Louisville, Kentucky, many years ago said. He said, they're Siamese twins joined at the heart. Repent and believe. And my friend, can a man be justified with God? Yes, he can. Why? Because of the cleanness of the hands of the Son of God, the perfect Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, a man can be justified with God. And if you're not justified with God, it is a whosoever will salvation. It is available for whosoever will. Behold, even to the moon that shineth not, yea, the stars are not pure in his sight. Why are the stars not pure? That's where Satan sinned. Lucifer, that's why the blood had to be pur or the heavens had to be purged with the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? That's where Lucifer fell. That's where Lucifer sinned. You see, a lot of folks don't understand and, and realize what took place in heaven. Lucifer was that anointed cherub. He was at the throne of God. And he said, I will be like the most high God. And his pride lifted him up. And he fell. I beheld him fall as a star from heaven. And can I say to you, my friend, and all those angels came with him. They're his, they're his angels. They are the work of Satan because they're after the working of Satan. They chose Lucifer over the most high God. And therefore, folks are under his control. They do his bidding. They do his will. The stars are not pure in his sight until Jesus Christ pur purges them and purifies them with his blood. He cleanses the heavens. He cleanses the stars. All things are made pure by Jesus Christ. That's the power of Jesus Christ, our creator. That's the power of his blood. And then in verse 6, how much less man that is a worm and the son of man, which is a worm. In Psalm 22, he says, I am a worm and no man. Now, I wrestled back and forth with that for a long time. And I just really came to the realization that, that worm that he speaks of, I am a worm and no man. Do you realize Jesus Christ identified not only himself as a worm in Psalm 22, 
But do you realize that Jesus Christ also identified that when he speaks of that place called hell? And he says that the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And one day it just dawned on me, that worm is the son of man. It is Jesus Christ. The worm dieth not. He said man is a worm. What is, what is the worm of hell? It's sinners in hell. It's not worms. It's not earthworms like we see. I had thought for years maybe it was maggots. Then I came to my realization. That was where the worm dieth not. He is a maggot. He has no sight. He has no backbone. He has no strength. He lives in the dung heap of life. That's what sinners do. They are maggots. They are worms. That's what they are. But he said, the worm dieth not. Why? Because his soul never dies. Hell is eternal. Hell is eternal damnation. And the soul of Jesus Christ did not perish in hell. The soul of Jesus, he said, I am a worm and no man. His soul was made an offering for sin. His soul did not perish in hell. He was conscious in hell. He was cognizant in hell. Preached a couple of weeks ago in Shingle House, and I talked about that. You see the rich man in hell. There's a great gulf fixed between him and Lazarus. Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom. Jesus Christ, with his soul, was in hell. God brought him out, drew him out of many waters, brought him across that great gulf. He entered into Abraham's bosom. We know that according to Scripture. He told the thief on the cross, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. But the soul of Jesus Christ was that worm that dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Therefore, we know that man is a worm and the son of man is as a worm. How can a man be justified with God? He has to believe in that worm that did not die. He has to believe in that resurrected Savior. He has to believe in that Holy One of God whose soul was made an offering for sin to the point that God calls him a worm. Jesus Christ identifies himself as a worm and no man. He is that sin offering. We have to believe that. That's why folks perish. They'll get nitty-gritty about the word repentance. They'll get nitty-gritty about the word believe. They'll get nitty-gritty about the faith of Jesus Christ. They'll contend with all these doctrines, but they will not put their faith and trust in a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in flesh. They will not put their trust in the resurrected Savior. They can trust no man because they don't believe the word of God. They don't believe the scripture. They don't believe where it says, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. They cannot see that as a Savior. They want a glorified Savior. They want a gilded Savior. What they want is they want a savior that's easy, a savior that's beautiful. They want that little long-haired John Lennon hippie Jesus. They desire that. They desire a Jesus going to give them wealth and make them prosperous and give them all their desires. That's not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. That's what people are looking for. That's why they won't come to him. They're not done with their ways. They're not done with their life. They're not done with their own actions. They're not looking for Jesus Christ. I hope this has been a help. Lord willing, tomorrow I'll be in Psalm 26. Please pray for our services tonight. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006 
Thank you for listening. And we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.